Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? It's the Georgia Show. It's Thursday, February 15th. I'm Jake Rowe. Hope you had a great Valentine's Day. He's Rusty Mansell. I know he had a great Valentine's Day. This is uh, He bought gifts like an alpha male. Probably bought them, uh, probably got up before daylight on, on Valentine's Day and, and went and got the gifts. I went, actually. My volume sound okay? Yeah, that sound fine to me. Okay, making sure. I'm getting, getting some feedback on YouTube comments. Um the um no i actually know you know christmas eve is an alpha male shopping day that's when that's when like the elite of elite go shopping but you don't mess around on valentine's day so i went ahead and went monday yeah okay yeah, yeah that's the, that's i mean you can't you can't rub it in another man's face every holiday but christmas eve is when you really just say you separate the men from the boys and uh everybody that goes out on christmas eve and gets a shopping i you know Appreciate you for being around. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't even know if I, I didn't even, we didn't even get gifts this year. I think I got my wife a dog. Uh, we, we, we got a, we, we paid for a dog here a couple of weeks ago. So like I tell my daughters, I pay for that cell phone, that car insurance. You get Valentine's, you get Valentine's at the first of every month. <laughs> the eight year old, the eight year old, she gets something, but them older ones that, that they, they get Valentine's. 12 times a year. This is expensive in daddy's uh, pocketbook. That's right. So today, Rusty, uh, we got two Georgia uh, support staffers leaving the program. We're going to talk about that and kind of what goes into maybe filling those spots. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Under Armour Camp coming up. We got the list of, of prospects yesterday, and we're going to get a chance to see those guys, talk to those guys. There's some other guys that they're expected to be there that I'm really interested to get a look at. Um, uh, we're, we're going in force, man. We got me, you, Rusty, I mean, me, you, Jeremy and Roos, um, going to that thing. So we're pretty excited about going and getting to cover it and, and having some content for you. And then we're going to continue our look ahead to Georgia's schedule with the one a lot of folks are excited about a trip to Austin, Texas to take on the Longhorns, Daryl K. Royal stadium. Uh, you know, going to get some barbecue, um, maybe go see a comedy show at the, at the mothership. Uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that is it's, maybe change a tire. Maybe maybe change a tire at F one. Get on a pit crew. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting how all that plays out. You know how this thing has went out with this uh, F one, and um, I, I know uh, talking to some people, uh, kind of that that helped plan the trips for Georgia on this deal. It, it is going to be it's going to be interesting because Austin is not. It's a major, pretty big city, but that might be the biggest weekend they've had in a long, long time. And there is some, some real concerns on traffic and 
how things are going to happen. And, you know, I know Georgia fans are excited. Georgia fans are going. I don't give a damn where they're staying. If they're having to camp out in the, in the Walmart parking lot, they're freaking going. But it's going to be interesting because um, it is going to be it, it's going to be busting at the seams in Austin, Texas. For this game. I'll be – we'll get into it later on. We'll get into the game. I'll be interested to hear after it's all over how it compares to like South by Southwest and things like that, that they, the festivals and stuff they have there every year. Cause South by Southwest, I mean, my wife and I were, were, were talking about going a couple, two or three years ago. And I didn't really realize how massive of an event that is for them yeah. there. Um, yeah. But, you know, having, I mean, listen, man, when you, I mean, you're going to bring a couple hundred thousand people to town uh, for, for just Georgia, Texas. And then, you know, you got the F1 race. I don't know how many people that brings to town. Cause I'm not really an F1 guy. But I'm sure, I mean, that's an international sport, so it's going to bring a lot of people around too. But let's dig into these. Uh, let's dig into a couple of resignations for George mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, Scott Cochran and um, and Daryl Dickey. I mean, the Cochran one kind of came out of nowhere for me a little bit. Um, you know, didn't know, you know, what's going on there. George announces he's, uh, you know, resigning to seek other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Dickey's not a surprise because those are, there's a high turnover rate right there that and as far as i know brandon streeter's still around yes he um is. but um you know you're talking about you know daryl dickey um you know an offensive coordinator there i'm sure you know kirby will be reaching out to try and find a really good replacement for that guy that guy's really attractive that job's really attractive um but scott cochran man moving on eight national championship rings for that man yeah eight. and you look at it and really um Anthony Dasher of uh, Rivals broke yep. that story yesterday. Good job by Dash. And uh, and um, you look at that, and so the last kind of known that he was in the office last Tuesday uh, or cleaning out his office on Tuesday maybe. So if he's leaving to go anywhere else or if he's leaving just to get out of football, which he very well could be. You yeah. know, he has a son who's in high school. He's a son who's a uh, sophomore linebacker, D.B., plays high school football. I've been around him a couple of times. He has a younger daughter, I believe, too. So uh, what, you never know what's going on there. But he at least he finished out. You know, he worked through that spring and that, that winter evaluation and visit OVs and those types of things. So, um, you know, you look at Scott Cochran. I'm sure we'll hear down the line, if you know, what's next for him. But you're talking about, some, you're talking about when you go into somebody's living room and you sit there and you look at that cat, that little case, and you start looking at rings. Man, I don't know if anybody in the country can have a display on a coffee table like Scott Cochran can. Kirby Smart, I guess. Yeah, close Kirby, to it, almost. Kirby Smart and Scott Cochran, I mean, they had so many. You know something that uh, that never really gets out, and I might get in trouble saying this. I, I, it's not a huge deal, but, you know, like Derrick Henry and those guys and Julio were so close to Scott Cochran. You know, they would come over to Athens sometimes and work out with him in the offseason. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're damn sure not going to put that out anywhere because they're, ba- they're Bama guys, but they're also Scott Cochran guys. And they would come over and work out some with him in the offseason, indoor, and, you know, from time to time, do some drills and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, regardless of what he does next, uh, kind of caught us all a little bit off guard. But that's the way those things happen. You know what I mean? It, uh, you know, that's just the way those things happen sometimes. And, um, you know, best of luck to him and whatever his next uh, thing is. I do think Daryl Dickey will end up somewhere pretty quick uh, as a former OC, probably comes over, spends a year, tries to see what George is doing, tries to see what, you know, he can learn from this thing and, you know, being around players, those types of things, and you go somewhere else. Yeah, um, looking at Cochran, I may have that number wrong. It may be seven. 
Um, because uh, I know that they, you know, they had this. Him and Kirby had all of the, not all of them, but um, you know, I think Kirby won like what was it, four at Alabama or three at Alabama. Um, you know, and then Cochran was a was around for the seventeen national championship. Kirby was obviously in Athens on the other sideline for that one. Uh, Cochran got one at LSU that Kirby didn't get, but two at Georgia. Um, you know, a few there at Alabama, and then one at LSU, and he did that in the span, Rusty, of. Uh, if it's seven, it was seven and 21 years. So every three years, the man's getting some new jewelry um, to do that. And that's, that's really impressive. And honestly, man, I've always, and I know why, but it's still surprising. I'm, I'm surprised at some of these coaches that do have 15, 20, 25 year careers where they average making, you know, four or five, $600,000. I'm surprised at the number of people that don't walk away just into the sunset. A lot of these guys coach until they're much older. They put 30, 40 years into the business. I know why they don't do it. It's because they're wired to compete. They're wired to get after it. It's, it's, it's become kind of, you know, the, there's a reason that there are a lot of smart people out there. There are a lot of smart people that don't do what they do because it's not in them. They don't love it. Like, you know, you need to love it and, and, and the grind and all that stuff. But I am surprised that you don't see more people kind of do like what Bob Stoops did. Like Bob Stoops put a long time in it, but Bob at an age where he was able to kind of move on and still do some stuff, didn't move on and do some stuff. He just, he hung it up and it was over. And I, I, again, I know why, but to me, it, it's still a little bit surprising. We don't see a little bit more of it. It's life, man. You get accustomed to making your family gets accustomed to living a certain lifestyle and, you know, let's face it, you put a couple kids in private school and, you know, those types of things and life, I don't care how much you make, it gets expensive and uh, anything in the world today is expensive. So, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. Um, but I think the root of that is those guys just, you get into college and you're wired like that. And, you know, you work at Alabama and then you work at Kirby, you know, you work at Georgia or Kirby smart. You're just, you're kind of like a machine, man. You know what to expect every day. You know what's expected of you. You know what you know. This time of year is what's coming up. What's expected of you this summer. You know it's uh those guys. Those guys just wired different. And I've said it a couple of times. I mean, I'm not 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 in a bragging way. I made the decision not to take a job, and it was not at Georgia. So uh, I made a decision not to take a job at a at a Power Five school because I didn't think that it would be healthy for my family and for me and. Um, it, you know, if you, if you'd have told me 10, 12 years ago, I had an opportunity, I would have thought, Oh my God, I'm jumping at that. But when you sit down and look at the requirements and this was a couple of years ago, Jake, this is a totally different world now, you know, when you start going into recruiting, I, you know, I think one day when we can sit down with Barton Simmons, a close friend of ours that left yeah. our business and went to work with one of his high school, best friends and high school teammates and Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. When we can really one day sit down with Barton and say, Barton, what was it like behind the scenes? It's going to be it's going to be a great interview and a great podcast f- w- with him. But man, it's a different world now. It is it is no it's no joke, and you have to you have to fully commit, regardless of that money, man. It is a lifestyle change, and everybody in your household has to kind of be on board that 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 dad's going to miss a lot, and dad's going to be uh, elsewhere a lot of time. You're a lot more likable than me. I think my family would be like, hey, does that mean you're not going to be around more? Yeah, go ahead. Go do it. (laughs) (laughs) My my eight-year-old daughter would would lose her mind. I think everybody else take me or leave me. 
but uh, that's that's just kind of the way we are around here. But um, no, it's it, you're right. I mean, it's it, it is, and, and listen, they get they get used to. Not only do they get used to, and it's not just the coach; it's the family. Uh, sorry, I had something fall off my counter here. My dog's over here just pulling stuff around. Um, they uh, they get used to the travel and seeing the world and, and the family gets used to being part of the program and being part of a family. Mm. And, uh, you know, cause that's something that they, you know, they do, you know I mean? And, you know, obviously, I mean, Andrew smart, I mean, <clears throat> sideline fixture. Growing you know, up in a locker room. Yeah. Growing up in a locker room. I mean, what a hell of a way to grow up and to be around, you know, things like that. Yeah. You've probably got some attention on you that, that, a you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 year old kid would never have. We've seen that on hey, display. Hey. He survived his one game suspension. He did. He got did. Back, got back on. Got back in the game. <laughs> yeah, he, he got shut down from the PS Five probably all week too. Uh, but I mean, you know that it's there, there's a lot that goes in. So I'm just surprised we don't see more guys be like, all right, I've made my money and I'm gone. You know what Kirby Smart does on Sunday night? He has family night, and mm-hmm. so they meet the coaches. Meet. I think Sunday is their long day, so they meet all. This is game during the season. Mm-hmm. They get in right after church. Uh, if you go to church, some of them get in first thing Sunday morning, but you get in right after church. They go from like 1230 to like six. And then in the indoor, they do dinner. And I mean, it's like your family, your little kids, and they have the round tables and everybody sits around and has dinner and the kids run around and play. And you get about an hour, hour and a half to where, you know, everybody, the families are together. And, um, you know, George is certainly not the only one, but that's kind of something that I know they do. And then also on Wednesday nights, uh, Kirby makes the coaches go home after practice. And you can do all your recruiting calls, uh, but you can do them from home. And, you know, that's the big thing. I know Mark Rick would never start his meetings until 830. He wanted you to take your kids to school. So, you know, there's different things to steal minutes. Like I call it stealing minutes with your kids. But, man, you have to do those things or you just it's just, you know, it's just not. And then. You know, we could we could we could get way off subject here, but you, you know, this is just different world uh, in recruiting. But at the end of the day, man, you know those are jobs that are very very high paying, and um, you know you're able to afford you know different financial you know living uh, with those things. A lot of pressure comes with it, but uh, on the financial side, I see why some guys never they never walk away from it because they you know they continue to build and build and build. And you look at Will Muschamp. I mean, you know he's he's taking a step away, uh, but he's also had two buyouts. And, you know, from two different SEC jobs, he made a lot of money over the years. And he's got a young kid that's going to be his young son's going to be a, you know, enrolling in Vanderbilt in the summer. And he's going to be around the program during the week. And from my understanding, he's going to be, you know, if his son's playing at Vanderbilt, he's going to be watching his son, which I 100 percent agree. Yeah, absolutely. And best of luck to the, to two guys that have been around the 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 coach profession for a long time and and have great reputations. You know, I mean, like you said, you know, Derek Henry and those guys coming to work with Coach Cochran and and some of the things that he did. And, I mean, obviously he he stepped away from Georgia for the personal reasons way back when and has been open about kind of his issues there on social media. And Daryl Dickey's another guy. I mean, I remember when Georgia hired him, I started asking around, but, you know, it's like, hey, you know, he's he's coached everything. He's been everywhere and, and everybody loves this guy. Like he's just kind of a good old boy. Um, you know, Texan, um, you know, and, and folks like him um, a lot. All right, Rusty, uh, Under Armour camp coming up this week. Under Armour next. Uh, they got a whole weekend of it. They got some young guys on on Friday and Saturday, and then they bring in kind of the guys that we're there to see on Sunday. We kind of got the list yesterday. We're not going to go through that big list and talk about all of that. But 
Um, anybody that you know that's going to be there that you're really excited to get to see in person? Maybe some. I mean, you've seen most of them in person already, but uh, maybe maybe not in this setting. Uh, what's the running back from Alabama? Is it Alvin Henderson? Alvin yeah. Henderson, yeah. Alvin Henderson. Like I like to see the running backs, and it's really. You just want to see how, you know, if they got ball skills. Um, a couple years ago, there was a running back that I was really high on. I mean, he I was really high on. And um, coaches can't come. Now, coaches can come if your son is a prospect, if your son is there. So, I remember Dell McGee, whose son just signed with Georgia State, Austin McGee. By the way, Austin, the Georgia State job just came open, which I'm very interested in because I think that's a, I think that's a good job in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Um, Sean Elliott left to go to be the tight end coach, run coordinator at South Carolina, just broke right before we came home. So, uh, but, but Austin was a prospect, his son. So Dell McGee was there. And I remember standing there beside a couple, couple people between Dell and I, coach McGee and this running back, man, I was watching dude, they were catching the ball and man, he was fighting it. He was fighting it. And I was like, Oh dude, this guy's got like hands like stone, man. And I hate to see that because I know those coaches see that, but you know, if you look at his tape, he was a hell of a high school running back. He was fast. He was big. But, man, his hands, it, that, I mean, it just kind of showed him that day, you know, like, oh, man, he, he doesn't have – now, this kid wind up signing with an SEC school. Uh, I don't think he's played a ton yet. But, uh, you know, the, from the evaluation side, I like to see who these guys are and, you know, what kind of skills they've got. And this is not the best Under Armour camp we've ever had, but it's still, to me, the best camps left because the majority of kids with, you know, P5 offers come and compete against each other uh, in a camp setting. Take it for what it's worth, but really like to uh, see these guys camp and and uh, move around and you get to see a lot. I like that they test, man. You know, come test and, you know, some kids won't run Sunday, but, if, you know, if you're going to play at Georgia, if you're going to play at Alabama, if you're going to play at Ohio State, at some point, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to run a 40 or you're going to put a GPS vest on. They're going to get a game speed on you. So uh, I think some kids get so you know paranoid about that and so worried about that. It's, it's really it's not as bad as they think it is. But the people put in their head, man, you, you know, if you go run a four six, you're done. And that's that's simply not the case. You know, so but interesting always. Um, I'm sure to be in the indoor at Carrollton. It's amazing to me you have 120 yard indoors. <laughs> I mean, the place is insane. I just left Lowndes House, Lowndes High School down in Valdosta, and uh, they got a 120 yard indoor. It's an incredible facility. So, state of Georgia, man, shout out state of Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And and the guy that I am most interested to see is Jared Smith. He's from Alabama. Um, he was there last year. That's really his coming out party. Yeah, it was a little bit, but obviously looks great on the hoof. He's he's real tall. He's real long. Kind of reminds me of KJ Henry from back in the day when you know like just looking at him. But man, I've thought all year long, and I'm not ashamed to admit this. I tell Jared this. I, I mean, I think he's I think the sky's the limit for him. But I thought he was a little bit overrated because I thought he looked a little clumsy that day. You know, I thought he's and, and listen. Talking about a 15, 16 year old being 6'5, 225 pounds, of course he's going to be a little bit clumsy. Um, but I'm interested to see how much growing he has done from year to year because, Rusty, you know just as well as I do, a lot of times that sophomore to junior jump, that, that post sophomore year to post junior year jump, that rising senior look, man, these guys at 17, sometimes 18 years old, they turn into men a little bit more in that one year. 
And I'm really excited to see him. You know, Georgia's recruiting him. Uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe was in there to see his uh, state championship game. Now he was transferred. He transferred like midseason, right? Didn't he go to? He went somewhere and went to. What he went? Uh, He's at Thompson he went, now. He went from Spain Park. That's right. He did. You're right. To Thompson and uh, and uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see him after a year. And, and Georgia's definitely Georgia's definitely involved there at Edge. It's crazy. You know, it's, it really seems like the state. You know, we've talked about the state of Georgia being loaded. State Alabama's pretty stocked too, man, with him and and Zion Grady. And you mentioned Alvin Henderson. And they're, they're I mean, they're um Naeem Alford, who who just committed to Ohio State here recently. And and you know, our uh, our um uh you know Dukes was saying that that um what's what's Dukes' first name? I'm sorry. I'm lost. The the guy we just hired at on three. Dukes, uh, Philip, Philip Dukes. Philip Dukes. Gosh, I could not remember his. I can't want to call him Jamie Dukes, but I knew it wasn't Jamie Dukes. Dukes, uh, Dukes but Dukes, Dukes just had a phenomenal interview with him and a great ad in, in ad and Philip. Um, he just had a great interview with with Naeem Alford saying, "Hey, listen, I don't think Georgia's out of it. You know, I think this one's a, this one's not over. You know, Georgia's going to continue recruiting hard, just like they did KJ Bolden. But that state is loaded too. So you got two states down here. Florida's always loaded." I mean, what a concentration of talent in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Um, North Carolina's got some, you know, boy dogs too. So it's uh, this is going to be an interesting recruiting cycle, and I'm really excited to see all those guys. I'm a Zion Grady fan. Um, you know, I don't know if he's as freakish as, as Adam Anderson was as a prospect coming out of high school, but he's in that same kind of build, a little bit on the slimmer side, a lot of twitch, a lot of length. Um, but I always love watching defensive linemen and edge guys in these settings simply because, yeah, they're at a little bit of an advantage in these one-on-ones. But when you take the pads off, and and I, this is where I, I, I like the way it looks, when you take the pads off, you can really get a look at kind of the twitch and the hand movement and the flexibility. Yeah, you know, you, they don't get to hide behind throwing a shoulder into somebody and bull rushing them. You, you don't get to bull rush in these settings. Ankle stiffness. Yeah. That is something that I had to learn. Um, yeah. One, one, listen, five million times more athlete than I ever even dreamed of being was Ray Drew. And six foot five, 250 pounds, and a great dude, and one of the most impressive kids you would ever meet. But I didn't know what ankle stiffness was. You know what I mean? I didn't know. And there were a couple of schools that were like, no way, that dude's, he's ankle stiff, can't bend. And I'm like, okay. And they were right. You know, I mean, it didn't mean he could play a little bit of college football, but he wasn't a five-star first-round draft pick. And, you know, those are things you learn. I had to learn kind of how to look for things like that. And that was, what, 20 – he was 2011, so that was 2010. And uh, so, you know, you have to look at that and, and kind of learn. And that was one of those things you can see. I remember watching uh, – back when you could go to camps, Rodney Garner – a uh, long-time defensive line coach. He is. He loves to watch those kids run the hoop drill. Yeah. The hoop drill, man. And he'll throw those things out there, and you see if you can bend and uh, see if you got ankle flexibility. And uh, I remember Rodney Garner having um, – he was a first-round – was Sheldon uh, – my God, I'm, I'm showing my – from east side, he was a first-round draft pick for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon Rankins. I remember Rodney Garner was standing there and he watched Sheldon Rankings do the hoop drill and he made him go back again. And I thought, what? I, I said, damn, that looked good to me. And Coach Garner gave him breath, made him do it again. And he kind of 
shook his head and walked off and he goes, that kid's good. He just needs some size, you know, kind of mumbled it. And he did, he needed to grow. So he goes to Louisville and he grows and the dude's still in the NFL. But even then with Georgia not being on him, Rodney Garner saw that like that kid can move. He just needs to be a little bit bigger. And uh, he wound up being a first rounder and DGD podcast right here. Uh, good guy here, our North Carolina connection, my Bojangles guy. Did y'all see the Kendra Harrison uh, backboard a couple nights? Dude, I saw that dunk, and that dude tore that rim out of the backboard. And I didn't realize. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, you don't see a high school kid, number one, look like that in a basketball uniform. But, dude, he absolutely tore the freaking rim out of the glass. It's crazy. Uh, I don't know how – I'm old. Next thing I was thinking was, how do they get that repaired to finish a game? Like, how do they, <laughs> how do they get that everything down to replace it to do it? So they rolled that one with sand in the back of it out there. Dude, just I, yeah, it I don't know, but man, that dude. If you hadn't seen that on on three, go look at that on three social media. And uh, that that kid just freaking tomahawk dunks that thing. You know, you're bringing up Ray Drew. Um, I still have to always remind myself, you know, because. Obviously, he was a five-star prospect. So much was expected, and there was so much around that recruitment. You're still talking about a guy that with what you're talking about, and this is why being 6'5", 260, 270 and athletic is still important, even if you've got some limitations. Oh, yeah. Still talking about a guy who had a six-sack, eight-tackle for a lost season at Georgia. You know I mean? It's, I, he, played, he played good. It's just you pro, as a five-star, you're projected to be all – yeah, What separates you from being a good football player from being yeah. elite, it can be just, yeah. you know, being ankle stiff, you know. And I always uh, – you know, Joe Winden, who we had on the uh, – who we had on the Bark After Dark, you know, told me years ago, he's like, man, watch him get in a stance. If a guy can get in a stance and he can't put his heels on the ground, he's ankle stiff. That's just that's how it is, you know, and, and that's kind of how it works. But um, I always go back to what you know, you start talking about camps. I always go back to Justin Jones. Uh, you remember him out of uh, South Cobb, I believe I, it was. I, I went to see I went to see him play one night. Yeah. Georgia he, almost went on him. They should have gone on him. I, I'm not I'm not gonna be listen, that was one of those, hey, my kids here so I can be here. Yep. And Chris Wilson was at that camp, his one-year stand at Georgia as a defensive line coach, and a guy I think the world of. You want to talk about one of my dudes? Chris Wilson, great guy. He was there, and Justin Wilson rolled out of the car about 30 minutes late for the camp. He had gotten the time wrong. And I you know, I had gotten to know him a little bit, and I was like, hey, you know, I just walked him through the process. This was when I was at Rivals and walked him through, and I was like, hey, man, we got to get you signed up. And I'm thinking, this guy good, looks good on the hoof, but, you know, I don't think he's as good as these guys here, honestly. And I'm sitting there thinking that the whole time. Were they on the intramural fields? Um, the, I think it was at McKeetron. Okay. Yeah, okay. this was at McKeetron, and this was a rivals camp at McKeetron. Oh, got you. So I walk him through that whole process. I get him in there, and, and we get him registered, and we get him in. And it's like, hey, man, you need to stretch out real quick. He goes, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I had to run, you know, I had to run all the way across two parking lots to get over here. I was like, okay. Put him in there. And dude, he slapped some dude's hand out, hands out of the way so fast and got to the quarterback. And I mean, got to the dummy. And I was like, dang, mm -hmm. he went again. He ended up winning MVP of that defensive camp. And I remember talking to Chris Wilson after that. And he was like, and I was like, man, did you see this kid? He's like, yeah. I was like, man, y'all are crazy if you don't offer him. Yeah. Well, he goes to NC State, has a stellar career, third yeah. round draft pick. He's about to go into his seventh season in the NFL. And that's and I always think about him as like that 
all right, you get to watch these guys, and and when when the pads aren't on, there's some stuff that you can see in terms of hand play, flexibility, twitch that you that you don't get to see when guys can just ram into another guy and use their power. And so that's that's one that I always point to. That was another camp where Isaiah Wynn was the offensive lineman MVP there. And uh, I always tell the story about how he dominated everybody so bad there and ended up with a big scratch on his arm. You know, sometimes these guys get into each other. And you got a whole group of D linemen over there. J- Justin Jones, Lorenzo Carter, all of them are standing right there together. And I was, and one of the coaches asked, goes, man, you need to you need to get something on there. He goes, I'm fine, man. All these, one of these girls did that. Uh-huh. And like just I, I, all of these D linemen standing over there, he's just wanting all the smoke. This Isaiah wins unbelievable. But. I saw I saw uh, Sheldon Rankins and Grady Jarrett both work out for Georgia. I coached against Grady Jarrett. Let me tell you something. And I'm not picking on Rodney Garner because if I was the Georgia defensive line coach that day, I don't think I'd have offered either one of them because they weren't big enough then. You know what I mean? And kudos to Clemson and kudos to Louisville for taking a chance on those guys. Yeah. yeah. But both of them wind up being first rounders. Yeah. Grady, Grady Jarrett's one of the best defensive linemen. Was Grady the- Jarrett a first rounder? Uh, I can't remember if he was a second or something, but he's he winds up being he's a high pick, and he's he's uh, he was worth the first round pick. I can't remember. I know Sheldon was, but Grady Jarrett wind up being what? The yeah, J- Grady Jarrett was a fifth round pick. I didn't know that, but what he, a pick! Yeah, no kid, no kidding there. And he wind up being, uh, I think one time the number two uh, highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL, something yeah. like. But I watched Georgia work them both out, and they both were like, you know, I had seen them both because I had them in MVP camp. And I was like, I know these guys are going to be good today, but they're small, a little bit smaller, and it just goes to show, man. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not. And, and I'll be honest with you too. The way Georgia is now, you have to have big bodies. You have to have big bodies, man. So I don't know that that Georgia now would offer those guys because they just don't have a spot. You have to have a big zero guy up front, and those five techniques are six five two fifty. You know, mm-hmm. there was there was a little run there with like Grady with. And these are different era guys, but um, the Grady Jarrett, Geno Atkins, Aaron Donald types that were right around six mm-hmm. one, uh, and and there was a way, there was a method, right. yeah, with which they played the three technique, where it would kind of made it tough against these guards with their athleticism and their power, and kind of being a little shorter but having some length. I know this, you know, little Mike McDonald story, um, you know, he, with the Seahawks now, and congratulations to him. I remember we were in the film room before we played Rockdale. And Rock Grady up. Jarrett was on the other team, and uh, we coached both sides of the ball. And I had receivers; he had running backs. And we were talking, we were talking as a staff, we're kind of like, "Hey, you know what? You trying to nail, nail things out?" And I'm like, "I think he was number ninety or ninety-one or something." Like ninety-one, man, we're going to have to figure something out there. Like you know, and we were all in agreement with that we got out of the game. We're like, "Man, I don't know if we could have paid enough attention to him." I remember Mike and I were walking off. I'll never forget it. And I said, that is – we had already played Stefan Tuitt that year, who was who ended up going to Notre Dame and, and being a high pick in the NFL. Monroe area. I, remember, I remember saying to Mike, I, I looked at him, I said, that is the best high school defensive lineman I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Mm. He ruined us. I think we had like 40 yards of total offense. He <laughs> ruined everything we did. Well, shout out to this too, as uh, I can get into the Falcons a little bit, just for a second, but – what Grady Jarrett does off the field. Yeah. Oh, dude. You're talking about a superhuman. Uh, great guy. I've got a picture from an MVP camp in 2010 in Rome. I have to go back and look. But the award winners that day 
were Chris Conley, wide receiver, David Andrews, top offensive lineman, Grady Jarrett, top defensive lineman, uh, Kenyon Drake was a top running back. I can't remember who the DB was, uh, but we had, I mean, dude, it was like Amarlo Herrera was a junior linebacker. Yeah. Uh, so we had, we had like in this one, and we had, I tell you who the quarterback was. It was kid from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, named Chad Voitick, who wound up being a starting quarterback at Pittsburgh, and uh, at, at, up there for the the Panthers. And uh, so, man, it was a crazy. I got that picture, and I pull it out sometimes. Jordan Jenkins don't even have a shirt on. I probably he probably weighs one ninety five. Man, it's, it's, it's the cotton shirt I bought him. Those things got ripped off in one on one drills. But David Andrews and Grady Jarrett must have did thirty reps that day. And um, I, I recently called I up. That. I love that. Those camps. Well, you know, I recently called up David Andrews. I, I recently uh, basically had lunch with David Andrews, and because uh, he he he's bought some property up in Northwest Georgia, we we called up for a few minutes, and he goes, "Man, you remember that camp?" I go, "David, I'll never forget it, man." You know, he goes, "Dude, we're just you know just kids. You know, we didn't have, they didn't, we didn't know what else to do. You know, just out there balling." And he said, "I've seen that picture. You know, you posted a couple of times. He goes crazy. He goes, you look at you know look at Grady and." think you know here he is and you look at me with a, you know he had a little buzz cut and uh and he's now the cap to he's the captain of the new england patriots still yeah unbelievable unbelievable mm-hmm. great career for him yep. all right russ let's move on to this georgia at texas and uh dogs hq will be there um i'm not gonna miss the chance to go to austin and have some fun i've been to austin before it's a great time but there's a football game going to be played kind of like my first trip to the masters after we went to the pro shop and the then got some egg salad sandwiches and all that stuff. Been there for two hours. And I looked over at the guy I went with. I said, hey, man, legend has it. There's a golf course out here. Oh, <laughs> there will be a game played at all that spectacle out there in, in Austin, Texas. Um, what are you looking at? Uh, they lose a lot, but they bring back a very important piece, which is that quarterback. What uh, what are what are you thinking about this one kind of going into it? Because they're going to be highly ranked. They're a big grown man football. I mean, you know, you look, you don't, I don't really know how, you, first of all, you start talking about, uh, you look at, uh, you start looking at things, but obviously you start at quarterback with, with yours and Carson Beck and knowing that it's going to be a high level game and uh, offensively look at it, you know, that, that, that has, um, not calling my shot, but that has like national championship potential. Like that's those are two teams that are built to play in Atlanta on January the twentieth. So you have all the pieces, and it's kind of one of those games of who you know who makes a mistake win. But bam, um, I, I'm usually a guy, Jake, that can shut down things. Um, football hits me. Right after 4th of July, and you know, SEC media days are coming and, you know, you start getting your mind like, okay, here, here it comes. Like it's, it's buckle up time, but I'm telling you, man, with the expanded playoffs, Georgia's schedule, opening up with Clemson. Like I haven't been able to check out, like I haven't been able to think like, I'm so excited. I mean, this is, this is, you know, you and I own this site together and, you start thinking about, damn man, what 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 a season, what a time. Uh, this is going to be, and we we don't we're not breaking news, and we're not. But you look at the twenty twenty four schedule and these road games for Georgia, and kind of what you and I know behind the scenes for twenty twenty five for Georgia fans, man, it's going to be. 
these next 24 months, man, you've got there, there's going to be some big time game at some locations. You're at Ole Miss, you're at Alabama, you're at Texas. You got these home games coming up, new schedule. Uh, it's just going to be. I, I tell you, I talked about it on the radio yesterday in Atlanta. I don't expect Georgia to very well could, but I don't expect Georgia to be one of those teams hosting a playoff game in December. But can you imagine like, like Michigan at LSU in December, or could you imagine LSU at Ohio state? Could you imagine LSU at Penn state in December? That oh man, dude, could you imagine all of those, all of those you just mentioned? I mean, Rusty, I look at it like this, like, um, I obviously, I, obviously I care. Okay, I care if Georgia wins or loses. I'm not trying to say that I don't. I do. I'm a Georgia grad. We okay. deal with a lot of Georgia fans all the time. Our life's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, our makes our lives a lot easier. And I care about a lot of these people. You know, I got a lot of friends that care about Georgia. My dad is one of the biggest Georgia fans you'll ever meet. Um, I cover the team day to day. I have no problem sitting in that press conference and being calm as a cucumber if they're losing by 40 or winning by 40. So that's it's just a it's a job, it's professional, whatever. But all of that aside, no matter how they do against the schedule, I am so excited to see them play the schedule because I feel like, Rusty, and getting back to this Texas game, you look at these road games, by the time Carson Beck tees it up against Alabama at Alabama, he will have still played in hostile environments at Auburn and Tennessee, and I don't care what you say about how good those teams were last year. Those environments are – you learn a lot from that. I've been all over. Let me tell you something. I don't care what their record is. When you go to the Plains, that's one of the loudest places. You're in, in for it, man. You I, don't, for I don't care what their record is. When yeah. you go to Auburn, that place is. And the way they have that scoreboard where that that uh, way it closes it in, basically, whew, it's a different, different level there. It's like being in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not – you're never 100% safe. Like, mm-hmm. you can be in the shallow water, but you better – I mean, you start to get out there thigh deep and, and stuff can start pulling you different directions at Auburn. Tennessee's a little bit of the same way, man. I watched Georgia go up – what was it, 24-3 to mm-hmm. in Knoxville with a pretty good defense, and that was the night Nick Chubb went down. Yep. They made some mistakes, but Tennessee, that, was, that ended up being a snake pit for them in that game. But going back to that, like Carson Beck will have that experience. He'll have had Alabama under his belt by the time he plays. By the time he plays Texas, I'm I'm so excited to see how Georgia reacts to this whole thing because I believe that you go through that trio of games at Alabama, at Texas, at Ole Miss. If you win two of three, or by some craziness find a way to win three of three, mm-hmm. there it says something about this program that is on the same level as but different than winning back-to-back national championships because that just lets you know kind of where this program and, – and, and the thing I'm most excited about, and I know this is kind of turning into Georgia in 2024 uh, thing, is, man, Kirby Smart doesn't have to go up to the podium this year at SEC Media Days and talk about embracing complacency. Because he'll, he'll have some message. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have to talk about that because they ain't coming off back-to-back titles. They're coming off disappointment, and you saw how they handled disappointment in the Orange Bowl. Um, you know, I was talking to a coach, like a a big-time football coach yesterday, like a very well-known assistant coach uh, and has been a head coach. And he told me, he's like, man, listen, Georgia went into that game, the Orange Bowl. They didn't have Brock Bowers. He said they didn't have Amarius Mims or, or Christian Miller or and started, you know, naming off some names and said – and what happened? 
Georgia still overtook them. I know, I know Florida State was missing disproportionately more, but 63 to three more. Georgia was motivated in that game. Georgia was ready. They were there to take care of business. They were motivated. And I expect to see that kind of Georgia in the 2024 season. Doesn't mean they're not going to lose a game. And the more I look at this Texas matchup and, you know, you start thinking, well, Texas is probably going to be a top five team going into next year. Georgia's probably going to be number one going into next year. I can see why. Texas brings back a great quarterback. They bring back some key pieces, but lose two great wide receivers, lost a great safety. The sweat kid that was so good for them up front this past year, one of the – I mean, it's the man-child. He's gone. You see um, what, I think Georgia what, does bring back a little more than Texas does. Did you see what B. John Robinson said about uh, A.D. Mitchell? I did not. He said he thinks he could be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Wow. He said the dude – I'm the a dude, big A.D. fan. always have been. Fan oh, of, fan I mean, of as a player and fan as a, as a person. I, I, I mean, he's – I think everybody understands when you, you make a decision over family. Uh, you have a small child in Texas, hundred, you know, won two national championships at Georgia, and good luck to you. And of course, Georgia fans want to keep him. Georgia want to keep him, but kind of understand it. But uh, yeah, B. John Robinson, I saw it yesterday. He said that uh, he interviewed at the, at the uh, Super Bowl. He said, "I think AD Mitchell's AD Mitchell is going to he's going to be impressive at the combine. I'm interested in what he runs. Yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't have any concerns, but uh, he could really." put himself Xavier worthy is going to be a first round draft pick probably. But uh, you look at AD Mitchell and I'm very interested in what he can end up. Saw a tweet of something yesterday, uh, one of the touchdowns for Georgia and they went against Ohio state. They went Brock Bowers, AD Mitchell, Lad McConkey on a trip set. And you know, you got to take that for granted. You're sitting there thinking, Oh, oh yeah. And Oscar Delt was the H back on the other side, a little freshman. You know what I mean? So, uh, you, you look at things like that and re- kind of realize what Georgia, what Georgia was bringing to the bringing to the table in games like that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, you talked about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's not going to quite be in Carrollton this week what it was in Vegas. You know, with all us media descending upon Carrollton, Georgia, to party and have a good time, but uh, it'll be close to it, Rusty. It's I got, some, I got some, uh, I got some new gear for you. What do you think yeah, about that? yeah. What there you know? we go. What do you think about that? I like them. I like them a lot. You think we can give a few of those away on here? Yeah, let's give some away. Let's give. I got some. some uh, I got some. I got some red ones coming. And uh, when we start giving these things away on the on the pod here, uh, you will thank me because I don't I don't cheap it on the on the. You get a shirt that won't shrink. It won't shrink. And uh, so I'm a stickler for that. So uh, got some new gear coming, and uh, we're gonna have some stuff. We're, either in Texas or maybe even Ole Miss. We're gonna. We'll do a little road get together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, DGD. I don't do any. Uh, I don't do. We don't do white around here. Me and Jake have way too much barbecue in our life. Yeah, we, bar- don't, do, we don't do white between the barbecue and the sriracha. Um, yeah, yeah can't, can't have it around me. Just we don't do you know, anything. I'll drop anything. I'll spill anything on myself. Coffee. It don't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dip spit. I'll do anything. Will fall on me. I have. I have went through. I have probably bought owning <laughs> camps. For thir- thirteen years, I would be. I, I would say I've brought fifteen thousand t-shirts, and I'm telling you right now, it took me a hundred different orders. God bless my my supplier, um, but um, I have finally found the brand, and I'm not giving it away. But I found the one that won't shrink, and it's moisture wicking, and it's comfortable. So when you get a Dogs HQ shirt, you're gonna like it. There's something about shop- shopping with a big fella. You know, oh, a guy that got guys got some meat on his bones. You get you got to figure some stuff out. 
when you're Look, I, somebody in the comments asked me if I was sick. I mean, I lost 20 pounds. I've been I've been doing right this this for a while now. And I'm not sick. I just I look sick, but I'm 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 losing it by choice. So don't tell Budge Angle's gonna hurt their stock, but uh <laughs> I mean, I'm, eating a little, I'm eating a little healthier. So, but uh, no, not sick. I'm I'm a little bit thinner, but I'm trying to get there. But I thought it was funny. Like somebody said in the YouTube comments, they were like, is Rusty sick? I'm like, no, nah, dude, I, I didn't even, I, I kind of laughed, but uh, I'm old. I'm old as hell, but not sick. All right. Taking the time to let you know right now, there will not be a Sunday show because of the fact that we're, you know, the, the whole staff's going to be over in Carrollton for most of the day that day. And then, traveling home, stuff like that. We're not planning on doing a show on Sunday, but we will be back with you. Why don't we add one, add one Monday? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So, probably so probably Monday, go come back Monday, to you Monday morning. Monday review. President's yeah. Day, everybody's off. We can, we, can yeah. have, we can have coffee with you. Probably be back with you Monday morning, then again Tuesday and Thursday of next week. No Bark After Dark next week until uh, – but we. I'm telling you, we've got some guests coming in March that are going to be a lot of fun. Had some conversations on that yesterday. Uh, but for this episode of The Georgia Show, I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansell, and I hope you all have a great weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 